Hello and welcome to Journey in Grace. I'm Ms. Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us as we go and walk through the scriptures and studying the Word of God because I do believe it's essential for every believer, for all who are called by God, who are uh, named the name of Christ, that we study the Word, know the Word, that not only for our own strength, but also for those who come after us, those who will be saved in the future, will be saved tomorrow, because it's essential that we know God's word. No, we don't have to be a professor. You don't have to have a seminary degree or all of those things. But Christianity and Christ is about knowing. And in, in, in the Bible, knowing was a time that uh, if you talked about the flesh, it was a man knew his wife and that's how they bear children. In other words, it was an intimate, close, the closest that you could be in relationship to that person, that you knew their breath, you knew their sound, you knew their sound when you heard their voice from afar off, you, you knew their smells, you knew, you knew how they walked. If you saw them and they had their back to you and they were walking away or walking towards you, it just, your heart would leap because you know that that's your husband, that's your wife, because you are intimate with them and you not only knew them, but you wanted to know everything about them. And so that's what my desire is as a minister, as a, uh, uh, a sharer of the word, teacher of the word, sometime preacher of the word, that I will convey to you the love that God has for his people. And we're going to get in this today, and I'm going to give you a couple of ways to reach us. But I think it's most important, not that we know that we love God, but that we know that God loves us. That's what's most important because at times our love could be shaky. You know, we, you know, we talk to many times we're moved by our feelings. If we don't feel it, you know, sometimes people, you know, if I don't feel it, they don't get that tingling. If I don't, my shana and I ain't being moved, then we didn't have a good service. So I didn't really feel the Lord because nobody shouted, nobody ran, nobody. And all of those things are good. But sometimes you can have the greatest time in God in your private time in reading the scripture and meditating on the word and the Lord just drop, just tells you, I love you. Or the Holy Spirit reveals something to you. Or he show you things to come. Or he just, just you just fellowship and worship and praise and just acknowledging that you know what? God loves me. The God of heaven and earth. The God that knows everything there is to know about me. He still loved me enough that he sent his son. Because he is love. So let's get into the word today. And before we do, there are a couple of ways to reach us. Front one, you can, uh, you can write us at uh, Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. That's Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Or you can email us at pastoreric523 uh, at gmail.com. Again, that's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. And we're going to continue our studies on back to basics. And today we're going to talk about the love of God and what Christ has done for us. And most importantly, what God did through Christ for us. Because it's, again, Many now in our day, there are uh, a lot when people, when we look at the circumstances uh, when in their own local church or when they see things going on in the culture or what's on the news or in the neighborhood or in our family. And, and we see that, you know, uh, uh, use the old school world, it seems as though 
uh, the world has went book wild. It's just crazy. And that book wild phrase comes from if you were a country boy like me or you were, uh, you know, you do anything about hunting or about being out in the forest, that the book in certain seasons, his whole focus, uh, knowing that the that this was the time that there was mating season. He didn't care. He doesn't care who's around, what's going on. He will fight. He will claw. He will scratch to continue his line because that was in his that was his instinct. And see, this is what we see in the world now. The world has been driven by sin. It's been driven. And what I mean by that is that many are so self-focused. Uh, the scripture says that in the last days that men will be lovers of themselves. They are so concerned about me, I, minds. It's all about what I have and what, what I can do for myself and how I can pr promote me. So that I'll be known, so I can get mines, and so I can get paid, so that I can get what I need. What can I get out of this relationship? Uh, I've done enough for them. Now it's my time. All of these things, uh, which circle, circle to me, they circle around the word pride. And we know in the middle of pride is the letter I. And whenever we are I or ego focused, that means we don't focus on God. We're not loving our neighbor or loving our uh, loved ones or loving our spouse as we should because it's all about me. But let's read about the glorious God that we serve today. And again, we're going to be uh, talking about back to basics. And what I mean by back to basics is, again, uh, when we, what I see in, the, in, in many in Christendom, they're looking at how people, you know, how did people come into the church, forgetting how they came in, you know, uh, they feel like that, you know, uh, you just got saved. That person could have came off the street. We don't know. You don't know what um, condition they came in. And it doesn't matter what condition they came in. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, uh, what their past was. But we have to love as Jesus did. Jesus loved people right where they were. And if we consider, again, that most one of the most famous stories in the New Testament is the woman that was caught in adultery. And that wasn't what I was teaching was going to teach on, but I feel, feel like that that's, you know, that's where we're going to start. So, and I'll write the scriptures down uh, in the notes if you, uh, when you get through or when you come into this, you can see where I'll, I'll locate the scripture. But remember, when uh, they brought this woman to Jesus and the scripture says she was caught in the very act, in the very act, she was caught in adultery. So what did they do? And as a means of trapping Jesus because the frame of Jesus was that he loved sinners. He loves publicans who were basic sinners. He loved uh, 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 all of those who were the outcasts, those who were not acceptable. He loved the poor. He fed the poor. He invited in sinners. He even loved tax collectors. He had a tax collector who were one of the most hated. Tax collectors were Jewish, but they were using their influence as tax collectors to collect taxes for the Romans. And then they would get paid as they took some off the top for themselves. So they were known to increase taxes and, you know, and you make a lose your house. Your, 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 nowadays you lose your house, your boat, your car, your condo, all those things. Because these people were not only collecting for Rome, so they had backing behind them. You had to pay or else you're going to be put out. But on top of that, you paid what the Romans uh, 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 assessed you. But you also, this tax collector also was making, they were making themselves rich. 
And so quite naturally, uh, the, the Jews said, man, this is a man who, are, who is of our own family. One of our own is helping our enemy, our oppressors. And they are also making themselves rich off of us. They call it, some would call it blood money. Well, again, well, people lost everything because they couldn't pay their taxes. And so this is, when I say this, I'm saying that Jesus even loved them. He didn't love what they did, but Jesus looked beyond the, the, the faults and the ugliness that was in their lives. And he called uh, Matthew, who was a tax collector, he called Matthew, although he was a tax collector. And he said, come, follow me. So was going back to this woman who was a, uh, it was a prostitute. She was caught in the middle of adultery. So the law said what? Stone her. It was supposed to have been the man and the woman. But again, as I've said other other times, mysteriously, the man disappeared. And the only thing they had was this woman. And there she was. And if they caught her in the act, they probably wrapped her up. But they, had, had, they wrapped her up at minimum. They wrapped her up in a sheet or something and drug her out there. And you know she wasn't coming willingly because she knew what was, was going to happen to her. There was going to be a rock party. And it wasn't going to be music. So here she stood. They brought her into the uh, courtyard area. And the, here was Jesus. He said, oh, we got it now. Oh, everybody, he got all this fame by how he helping all these people, how he uh, delivering all these sinners. Let's see how he handles the law. Because if Jesus was to, de to, to deny the law, then he became a lawbreaker. And of course, he would be guilty before God. But if he upheld the law and if he took this woman and had and stood there and witnessed her being stoned, then all of those who loved him would say, wait a minute. He just like the scribes and Pharisees. But what did Jesus do? He loved this woman enough that what he did was he, he exposed the men who were there. They weren't there to uphold the law. They were up there to crucify him. Because uh, crucify or criticize him, and though, and and if they really was all about the law, the man would have been standing there also, but they let him go. And what did Jesus do? He said, as they brought him and levied all their accusation against her, the Bible says Jesus just stooped down and wrote. And when they posed the question to you, what you gonna do about it, Jesus? We caught her. We have the evidence. This is not a maybe. We have heard. We have the evidence. And Jesus rose up and said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Nobody. The Bible says from the eldest to the youngest, they're all departed. And only two, only they were left from that group that came up with Jesus and the woman caught in adultery. And Jesus asked her, where are your accusers? Jesus did not come to destroy, to condemn, but he came to show love. Now he told her, don't go back to this form of life. Don't go back and do what you, what you just were brought out of. Jesus set her free. And again, going back to our current time, when we see many who wants to go back to the law, they want to go back to the, to the gospel. We got to go back to the gospel. We got to preach that hard gospel because people are not coming into the church. And when they do come, they're wearing all kinds of things. They got the, you know, they're wearing the, the uh, all kinds of tattoos and all of these things. And they are condemning those who Christ 
is he's drawing men. He's drawing women. He's drawing the young. He's drawing the old. Because man sees that there is not an answer. It's not in the White House. It's not in the governorship. It's not in the, in the education halls. It's not in the, uh, all these places are good. And it could, it's not even in the courthouse. All of these places are good and society needs them. But they don't have the answer. And it's not in the hospital. And it's not in a church that does not have Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. You can have building. It's not in religion. The answer is in relationship with God and recognizing how much God loves us. So let's go now to John again, uh, St. John third chapter. We're going to start reading at John three fourteen, and it reads as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the son be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we know by as Moses used the brazen serpent in the Old Testament, when Israel has sinned and murmured against God, there were fiery serpents that came amongst the people and they, they, uh, they, they, they bit them. And who were they bit? Most, many of them suffered and died and they died by the hundreds and thousands. And there was no remedy. But what did God tell Moses to do? Moses created a brazen serpent. And he said, whosoever looks on this serpent shall be healed. And matter of fact, they took it as the plague and the serpents as the people were dying. Uh, Aaron took that brazen serpent in the midst of the people. And when they looked on it, they were healed and the plague was stopped. This is what Jesus said. Even so must the son of man be lifted up. And just think about this now. Before we go to Christ, think about that first part of that 14th verse. It says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Now, uh, this serpent was an image of the healer, of, of God the healer. Of God our deliverer. And he held this serpent up. And, they, and as they looked on it, with, they had to look by faith. Because Moses said, if you look on it. You'll be healed and delivered. And this is what Jesus was saying in the latter part. He said, even so must the son of, of man be lifted up. And what, what is he saying? He's saying that if you look on me, if you believe on me, and if you uh, 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 look with faith, he said the son of man must also be lifted up. He's, and what Jesus was saying, I've got to be put on a cross. Something that is a curse. The Bible says uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, that he that, hangeth, he that hangeth on the tree, cursed be he rather, that hangeth on the tree. When Jesus was crucified, he became a curse for us because we were cursed, because we were lost. We had no savior. We had no help. There was no help for us. But what did Jesus do? God sent his son. As we read now in the 13th verse, he says, that whosoever, believe, 15th verse rather, uh, St. John 3, 15, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Then he goes to one of the most famous scriptures that we know. Most people don't even go to church can quote uh, St. John 3, 16. It says, for God so loved the world. It didn't say how much we love God. It says how much God loved us, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave his only because he loved. Reading the life of Jesus in uh, John and from Matthew to Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he never put sickness on people. He brought sick, he, he healed them from sickness. When the, when the leper came with leprosy, Jesus delivered him from leprosy. When Lazarus was in death, Jesus brought him to life. All of these things, when the people were hungry, he gave, he fed them and satisfied their hunger. He never left people in a worse position than they were. So when we hear uh, uh, messages, when we hear doctrines, when we hear those things that want to draw us back and put us back in the bondage, that put us back into where we used to be. And so, oh, you know, you, 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 you did this and that when you were an unbeliever. You know, now that you're saved and you made this mistake and we know, you know, you, you know God called you to preach, but uh, you can't preach anymore. No, you may not be, uh, you may not should be in the same church. You may not be, it should be in the same area, but maybe God will take you some other place. Maybe he'll keep you there and use you. But what I'm saying is God still loves you, preacher. I don't care where you fell from. I don't care how far you fell. I can't tell you where you're going to be used at this, of this point on. Because although God has forgiven you, people will hold things against you for, for eternity. So if they could. But what God is telling you and telling all of us to not stay in a condition that where he found us. He didn't leave that woman caught in adultery in the same position. He didn't leave the, the, uh, 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 the man with the leprosy. He didn't leave Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus blind. He gave him sight. Because God is love. God is the healer. God is the deliverer. And how do we know? Because Jesus was the expressed image of God himself. He expressed God's love in the earth. And this is what we must go back to is the love of God and discovering how much God loves us, how much God loves you, how much God loves me for him to give his very best, his only. And then it goes on to say in the 17th birth of St. John, uh, third chapter, God sent not his son into the world to condemn but that the world might be, but that the world through him might be saved. So, and again, to just talk about these three, this verse here, he's saying that, that yes, the woman caught in adultery, the punishment was death. The woman who had the issue of blood, she wasn't, she who crawled and, and touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she should have been stoned. She had no right by the law to even touch him. The law required her to stay away from anyone because she was unclean. The man that Jesus, as Jesus taught and that caught Jesus as he came off the mountain and said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And what did Jesus do? He said, I will. And he healed him there. So we never read what Jesus, when, when Jesus met someone, whatever their affliction, whatever their condition, when he, when he met Zacchaeus. Another who was known that society said, and most likely true, that he cheated, that he, he, was, a, he was a rich man. And although he might have gotten his money in, in, uh, in, 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 in sinful ways, yet after he met Jesus, Jesus told him, he said, I have need 
to be to uh, to be at your house, to have supper at your house. And this man who was on the outside of the of the church, Jesus went to his house and brought deliverance to his house because he always was loving people. No, he didn't condone sin. No, he didn't promote sin. No, he's not the God of sin. But Jesus is the deliverer. And what we as the body of Christ must do is show those not only outside of the church how much God loves them, but to love our brother and sister when they fall. Jesus said, the scripture said, if you see, if you have a brother who's overtaken in a fault, who's fallen, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one. He says, get, pick your brother up, pick your sister up. Restore them. Love on them. Tell them how much God loves them. God don't stop loving us after we get saved and after that you fall and, and we take our foot and put it on their neck and say, wait a minute, you ain't suffered enough. Wait a minute, you hadn't, you hadn't cried enough. Who are you? Because all of us have something that we are dealing with. You know, you may not be dealing with adultery or thievery or murder or none of those things, but there's things that we need, we too need to work. Pastor Paul himself, the, the, uh, the most, uh, 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 the greatest, I would say the, the most, he wrote the abundance of scripture. I won't call it greatest because all the scripture is great. But what I say, will say that Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. He said, I, I'm not a, obtained. He said, I haven't, I haven't arrived yet. He said, but I'm pressing. He said, I pressed toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. He still was working, not only allowing God to work on him, and allowing the word, his, his, his desire was, he said, pray for me that the word of God may have free course. And what limits the word of God is when, one, our ignorance of it, because we don't know. Two, our unbelief. When we hear it, we're either ignorant of it or we don't believe it when we hear it. Or we, dis we disqualify ourselves. So these things hinder the word of God. We who are believers can also have a hard heart because when we hear the word, many of us say, oh, that can't be me. That was, you know, that's, that's just in the scripture. That's not for today. The whole religion, they don't believe in praying in tongues. They don't believe in the miracles of God. They don't believe in that the works of the apostles and the works of, of the uh, New Testament church is uh, uh, available for us. And they discount it. But the love of God is available for us all. It doesn't matter if you, if you are a believer, whether you're in the Baptist church, Methodist church, Catholic church, if, if you are got your name, got the blood of Jesus covering you, you are believing in the Son of God and walking by faith, you are my brother, you are my sister. And though there may be some disagreements along the way, yet we are still brothers and sisters. We are the body of Christ. The scripture doesn't say the bodies of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And the most important thing that we must do as believers is know that God loves us. So let's go on now to the seventeenth. I'm going to go down to the seventeenth verse of this same chapter. It says, "For God, I'm going to read it again. For God so God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved." 
And he that believed on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is where we must get back to. It's believing that it's all in Jesus. It's the, we don't have to beg. We don't have to beg for the Holy Spirit. You don't have to tarry for the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh shall find. He that knocketh is going to be opened unto him. That's in Matthew 3. I'm sorry, Matthew uh, uh, 7, 7 and 8. He says, everyone that asketh receiveth. Now, some people, you know, we sort of feel like, well, God didn't hear my prayer, but I beg to differ with you. Matthew 7 and 7 says, everyone, 7 and 8 rather, it says, everyone that asketh receive it. This is verse number 8. And he that seeks finds, and him that knocketh, it shall be open. This is what Christ is saying to us today. For he says in, this, in, in uh, um, Matthew 7 and 9, he says, what? Man is there of you. If his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? If you ask God for the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you a demon. Or he's going to withhold his very Holy Spirit from you. I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking because, uh, I'm not talking about the, the, the acceptance of the Spirit within us. Because scripture says, I'm going to go there now. I believe this in uh, the book of Romans. Talks about how that, that, that we who are, he that hath not the spirit of God is none of his. We have the spirit because we are the children of God. We are the called of God. We are those, we are the called out of God. And because God called us out and he loves us, we are loved by him and he dwells in us. But there's also a, 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 or a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, ye shall have power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He speaks of speaking with new tongues, casting out devils, laying hands on the sick. All of these things are available to the believer today. These are just the basics. But yet, many in the church, they push them away. They say, no, that's not necessary. But I want it all. It's just like you go into the uh, restaurant and you order your meal. And you order your entree, you order your steak or your uh, lasagna or your whatever your entree is. And you and they say, well, you know, there are sides that go with this. And, you know, sides could be vegetables. It could be pasta. It could be whatever the case may be. Whatever the sides are, they're there. But they come with the meal. Many of us. Yes, salvation is the most important thing because without salvation, you don't get the Holy Spirit. Without salvation, you don't get uh, many of the blessings of God because you don't have, you will not get the Holy Spirit. You will not get the uh, anointing of God in your life because it comes with the baptism of, of the Holy Spirit within us. But what I'm saying is the, 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 the basics is salvation. But that's more to God. That's more thing offered to us. And I often say, yeah, you can be saved without the Holy Spirit. But it means that you don't get to enjoy the, the everything. And I won't call the Holy Spirit aside, but I'll say that he is a benefit of being saved. The unbeliever does not have the Holy Spirit, the baptism of it. But every believer 
has the Holy Spirit within him and within her because you are born of God. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You have him. Scripture says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That spirit that God put, that new spirit that was put in you is the Holy Spirit. And now we have the nature of God in us. But I'm saying we can have the Holy Spirit and be endued with power from on high. We can do the same works that Jesus did because we can have and enjoy the Holy Spirit. We can enjoy heaven on earth. We can see the power of God moving through us. And as I said earlier about having the, letting the Holy Spirit and letting the word of God have free course in us so that we can do the works of God as he has designed for us. It's all available. These are just the basic things. Beloved, don't fall for all of these things that you see. Get to know God by his word. Learn and, and receive the Holy Spirit. You don't have to beg him. You just have to ask and then receive. I believe it's Matt. Uh, let me, let me, I'm going to read the last scripture today. This is in uh, St. Mark. I believe it's St. Mark 11.23. Just bear with me uh, real quickly as I go to St. Mark 11. And I believe it's 11.23. St. Mark 11 and 23. Yes, 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 right here. And Jesus is talking. He says, for I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. He says in the 24th verse, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever thing you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. It's as simple as saying, Father, you love me because you said in John 3.16, God so loved the world. And because I love you and I profess you, your son, as my Lord and our Savior, now I ask you, O oh Lord, I receive the Holy Ghost. I receive the Holy Spirit. I speak in tongue. I, Lord God, enjoy the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through me. As John 14 speaks of, Lord, he showed me things to come. He reveals wisdom and the secret things of God to me because I now have the Holy Spirit. And just begin to speak in tongues. And the Holy Spirit is not won't take control of you and have you running wild over the church and knocking people over and knocking benches over. That's not the Holy Spirit. You have, in the Holy Spirit, you can speak in tongue, you can speak in English, just like I just did. And you can go back to praying in tongue. You can speak in an unknown tongue. You can speak in a known tongue. You can speak in language that you don't even know what you're speaking in. But you do it by faith. So I say to you, don't wait for the Holy Spirit to take over your tongue. No. It says you speak. So you just speak out. In the beginning, you may just say a, 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 a couple of words. But I'm just telling you things of what will happen to you. And your tongue won't sound like mine's. 
But it, if when you receive it by faith and say, Lord, thank you, and just begin to speak. And the more you speak, just like a baby, first natural, then spiritual. That little baby say, mama, da-da, and before, next thing you know, they're speaking in sentences and telling you what they want and what they don't want. But they start, and that's what you have to do. You speak, and you allow it, and you receive. But the main thing is, you receive him. God won't give you a demon. He won't give you something that will hurt you. He, ne he never has, and he never will. God is not, uh, he doesn't, he, he doesn't, he's not bipolar. He's love. And I have so much more to say on this. But I believe the basics of Christianity is, one of the primary basics is knowing that God loves you. He cares for you. And he wants the best for you. He said, and um, I said, I'm going to give you the last scripture. I repent. I'm, I'm going to give you this one more. This is Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I have concerning thee. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you that you may have. I'm putting this in my words. An expected, glorious, wonderful, powerful end. For you above and not beneath. Ahead and not, but not the tail. Hallelujah. God loves you so much. And I pray. Father, I thank you for this time in the spirit. I thank you, Lord, for the words that we have spoken. I believe your word go out and did not return unto you void. I pray for any of my sisters and brothers who may be bound, not only in prison, but in any prison, where their mind are troubled, that their peace has been disturbed. I pray, God, for peace. That peace that you promised you gave us was all that, that, that beyond all understanding. That peace that you left us, Lord Jesus. We receive it by faith. And, Lord, we cast all our cares upon you. Lord, thank you for saving us. Those who are not saved, I pray, Lord, that they receive you now as Lord and as Savior. And as if they actually forgive them for their sins. Then, Lord, come into my life. I receive you as Lord and as Savior. For I believe that you rose on the third day. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you shed your blood for me. And now, by faith, I'm a part of the household of God, the family of faith. And I thank you that you are my Lord, my Savior and my Redeemer. We thank you again for joining us in this journey on Journeys in Grace, and you will be again as we travel through the Word of God. This is Pastor Eric Hubbard saying, until next time, be blessed.